Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter six. And I know the question is coming. What verse, Pastor Jason? What verse? Verse one. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one. Says this. Yes, I agree says this. This is from the Amplified Classic translation. Laboring together as God's fellow workers with him then, we beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I'm going to skip down to verse 2 here. For he says, in the time of favor, I have listened to and heeded your call, and I have helped you On the day of deliverance, the day of salvation. Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What a wonderful verse. Amen? Hallelujah. In fact, I'm just going to read it again. Let's just, I'm going to read it one more time. It's just that good. Verse 2 says, For he says... Who says this? God. God says this. In the time of favor. Can you just hear his voice saying that to you? In the time of favor, the time of grace, favor. Yes. I have listened to and heeded your call. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've listened to you. How many of your prayers have you felt like, hmm, yeah, I don't know if he heard me. I don't know if he answered that one. But in the time of his favor, he says, I have heard you. Hallelujah. I've heeded your call. Hallelujah. I've heeded your call. You know, I've got kids. And there's times where I've noticed they don't heed my call. So usually when that starts to happen, I've got to raise my voice a little bit. Because sometimes parents, you seem to think it's an amplification problem. The the sound isn't quite loud enough, so if you raise the volume of your voice, then maybe they can hear you better. Parenting mistake number one, two. It's not that they can't hear you because the sound is too quiet. It's because they're not heeding your call. That's right. Hallelujah. So, you know, you do what you got to do so that they hear you. At times, you could be sitting there talking to them face-to-face, and that's how you know. This is not an issue with them not hearing the sound of your voice because they're looking at you and, yeah. But you know they are not heeding what you are saying to them. They're not heeding your call. The Lord is not doing that here. He says, I have heeded your call. 
He's not just hearing your prayers and going, that's nice. I like prayers. He's saying, I have heeded your call. When is this taking place? In the day of his favor. Hallelujah. The day of the favor of God, praise the Lord. I have heeded your call. And I have helped you on the day of deliverance, the day of salvation. I have helped you. I heard you, and I have helped you. Hallelujah. There are times where, you know, if you're doing a job, let's say you're doing something around the house, and you look, and you think to yourself, I could really use some help with this. Because you realize this is just too much for me to do today. (laughs) Or just don't want to do it. The task seems bigger. Seems bigger than the strength that you have available to you or the motivation that you have available to you (laughs) at that moment. You know, I... I've recently, uh, in the last little while, acquired a new business um, in addition to the other one that I had. So I've been working in this other business. And at first, when I was going out and training, learning how to do the job, which is commercial window cleaning. So I'm out there, and I'm with someone who's been doing this job for about 20 years or so. And I'm looking at the things that he's doing, and I'm like, how am I ever going to do this? The job looked way bigger than what I could do. Way too big. I'm thinking, you know, I'm watching and he's kind of going like this and getting the window done and moving. And just, it looks like he's not putting in any effort. Do, 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 do. And I'm there and I'm just, this is the squeegee, by the way, across the window, in case you didn't get that. And I'm going like this and then I look up and he's done four and I've done one. And I'm like, how am I ever going to do this job? We're there for like, you know, four or five hours finishing one of these stores and He did that in that time. And I'm scratching my head going, it's going to take me a long time just to do the same job. So the job looked too big for me. Too big for what I could do. I thought, I don't know what, I don't know how, I thought, I need need some help with this job. Now, over time, a little bit of training, a little bit of determination, I started to, to be able to get the hang of it. So now there are jobs that I go to that are the same stores, and I walk into one of them and I go, oh, this is easy. Oh, I know how to do this. This won't take very long. What's changed? My whole perspective has totally changed because suddenly I know I can do this, and I can do it well. Hallelujah. I had someone helping me along the way until I could do it on my own. Now, there are things that are occurring in our circumstances and in our, in our lives that we look at those things and we think, this is a big mountain. And sometimes we use that faith scripture because, well, sometimes we use that faith scripture just as a, a little checkbox. You know, the mountain, we see the mountain, we speak to it and say, get out of my way to the mountain because that would be the easiest thing to do. Let me repeat that. Sometimes 
we see these things in our lives that are difficult, insurmountable mountains of difficulty, and we look at that and we think to ourselves, I don't know what to do with this. I can't deal with this. This is just too big for me. I'm not, I don't know how I'm going to even get around this thing. And then we think, oh, I'm going to use that faith thing that I heard about at church on Sunday. And so I'm going to speak to this mountain. Mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And I'm just going to say that, and then it'll go, and then whew, now it's easy again. Because that's the easy thing to do. Well, if you've ever really seriously attempted at living a life of faith, you realize it is not the easiest thing to do, living by faith in God. I thought I'd get at least one amen out of that. Amen, yes. Okay. So faith is not the easy way out of your situation. It is not. We have men and women that have gone before us in the faith that have laid down their lives, that have toiled and worked and laid down their lives for the faith. They've bled in countries that did not receive them. And they did that so that somebody would hear the truth. Somebody would hear the gospel. And sometimes they didn't even see the results until after. Well, they didn't see the results. They died. But someone else came along and picked up where they left off and revival broke out. So faith isn't the easy way out of your situation. So let's not treat it that way. But I will say this. There are some things that you will never get out of unless you have faith in God. And really, anything worth doing in God's kingdom is done by faith. So faith is not the easy way out of your circumstances. Sometimes we've looked at that with salvation. Some people got saved that way. God, I'm in trouble. My life is a mess. Save me. And he does because he loves you. He saves you. And you get saved and now that's become the pattern of your Christianity. God, I'm in trouble. Save me. It's not the easy way out. Christianity is not the easy way out of your bad circumstance. It's by faith in God. Hallelujah. Faith is not an easy walk. But it's the only one that yields real and lasting results. It's the only one that will put a a joy and a peace in your heart when all of the rest of the things going around you are chaotic. And you can stand there with a smile on your face and joy in your heart and peace in your mind and just know that it doesn't matter what it looks like around me. I am going through, praise God, because I have someone who has heard my prayer and has helped me, praise God, and he's taking care of the mountain for me. Hallelujah. We have a great God. We just sang about Him. And heard from the Scripture that to Him, the mountains melt like wax in His presence. He just gets a little bit close and the mountain melts in His presence. This is the great God that we serve. This is the great God who we say is our Lord and Savior. This very one, praise God. Your trouble may seem like a mountain to you, but it is a... It's a little bit of candle wax melted 
in the sight of the Lord. Faith sees his perspective. Faith sees what the Lord does, what he can do, what he will do. That's what faith sees. And when you see with faith in your heart, you'll look at that mountain and say, get out of my way. Not because it's the easy way, but because it's the Lord's way, praise God. Can you say amen to that this morning? Hallelujah. Let's continue with this verse. Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is that day. You know, this announcement was made by Isaiah prophetically as it was talking about Jesus. And that was the, the line in the sand, the line in the sand. And so before that, they were waiting for an answer. They were waiting for deliverance. They were waiting to have the yoke removed off of their shoulders, the heavy burden lifted off of them. They were waiting for God to move. And he did. He, he didn't come the way that they were expecting. They were thinking there's just going to be this army that comes in over the hill. And there's Jesus. The, well, they didn't know it was Jesus. There's the Messiah riding on a white horse coming over the mountain, coming over the hill. And there he, here he comes, and he's going to deliver us from all of our enemies. And we will have an everlasting kingdom of peace and prosperity forevermore. And that is true. But their thought about it was some military victory. They're thinking we're going to get the Roman yoke off of our shoulders. And that's what they were looking to, to see happen in their midst, waiting for this Messiah. And too often, even as believers today, we look at it from that natural stand, that physical only natural standpoint. And we think, when is God going to get this monkey off my back, so to speak? When is he going to get this, this, this burden off my shoulders? And waiting for a Messiah to come, waiting for deliverance. Asking the question, when is it my time, Lord? When is it my turn? That person got healed. When is it my turn? Looking and saying, they're having revival, like we were hearing about this morning. When is it our turn, Lord? Waiting for something to happen, for something to take place, for some change to come about in your circumstances to where you can see, oh, there's the kingdom. It's coming by observation. There it is. It's coming up over the hill. There's the kingdom of God coming. And too many believers are living in that place, waiting for something to happen to them. I'll be different when God changes me, waiting for something to happen. It's far off, they say. It's, it's over there, they say. We've, we've had too many songs like that. Too many, too many songs like that. That say one day, one day in glory, it'll all be okay. One day, I'll be at peace. One day, sometime in the future, it'll happen. And we pray, Lord, someday. Or we pray, Lord, rapture now. Get me out of here now. Looking for an escape. (laughs) Too often we put things, we delay it. And we think that it's the Lord who's slow in answering his word. 
Too often we think he's, he, he, God, you know, I know it's a big organization you run up there. It's pretty big. So I understand that big organizations, they don't, they're slow to change, slow to get things done. You know, I, I, one time, Lord, I submitted my request there at work, and it took two years before they responded to my request at work. And then finally, they put a coffee machine in the, in the, in the, in the cafeteria. It took two years because this big organization is so bureaucratic, it had to pass through so many hands before it got to the one who does make the decisions. And then finally, they approved it in their budget. It was approved in their budget. And they smiled down upon us from above and put a coffee machine in the cafeteria. And now, thank you, Lord. So I know I was asking you for those things, but, you know, I know it takes a while for all the angels to kind of get it to you so that, you know, when you approve your budget, Lord, for next year, and then, then, and you smile down upon me from heaven with favor and look at me, then, then I know that I'll have it. But I can be patient. I can wait. I can wait. Lord, I can wait. I can wait. And too many believers live in that place. But when I read this verse, that's not what I hear. He says, now is the day of salvation. This is the day of the Lord's favor. Oh, praise God. You know who else said that? Jesus said that. He said, I have come to open the eyes of the blind, to announce liberty to the captives and such, preach the gospel to the poor, to preach and proclaim the acceptable, the favorable day of the Lord. That's what he was proclaiming. And look at here. Today is that day. Today is that day. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I understand that we have things that we're, we're going through. We have challenges that we face. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was in thinking about this today. Actually, the, the thought that came to mind was, was uh, Daniel and the, uh, his three friends. Yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, some of you know the, uh, the song. The, uh, yeah. So... I was thinking about that because many Christians would think that God failed them if they were in those three boys' shoes. They, were th- they would think that God was taking too long. Because there they stood up to the king and said, we are not going to bow to your image. You know, if some of us were in that position, we might say, we would not bow to your image, and then we're going to, I hope God shows up here, we just, we just stood up for him, I hope he helps us out here, because like, it can get bad for us here quick, and of course, that made the king mad, so he makes the fire seven times hotter than it was, you know, who knows that just the fire alone would have killed them, why make it seven times hotter? And there's many things where you're standing there, standing in faith for God to answer your prayer, and it gets seven times hotter. And you're thinking to yourself, where's God? So, 
You think, they, th- there they are, you know, and they bind them up and they take them over to the furnace. You know, one guy stoking the fire dies, just trying to get the fire hotter. So there they are, bound up, and they're thinking, any time now, Lord, any time now. At least that's what we would do if we were in their shoes, probably, because we're thinking, God, save me from this terrible circumstance that I'm in. Where are you, Lord? I'm waiting for you. And instead, they get thrown in the fire. But we know how the story turns out, right? Because even the king himself says, I thought we put three people in there. Who is that fourth man in the fire? Oh, hallelujah. Who is that one? But you know what the real testimony is? They come out of the fire, and they don't smell like smoke. They don't smell like smoke. Oh, hallelujah. Can that be our testimony today? Can that be our testimony that I will stand and I will believe God because he has heard me. He has helped me. Praise God. And it doesn't matter how bad things get. I will not let go of him. And even if it gets seven times worse, praise God, there is always that fourth man in the fire for me. And my testimony will be unscathed. Hasn't touched me yet. Praise God, because I won't even smell like smoke coming out of this thing on the other side. For them, it was a death sentence, but praise God, they were raised from the dead. And how much more you and I, with Jesus, our Lord, who was dead and has been raised from the dead, and how much more you and I, who are in Him, who have been raised from the dead alongside Him, praise God. We were there with Him. We are there with Him now, praise God, seated in heavenly places. So let our testimony also be not smelling like smoke, praise God, no matter what happens. Not smelling like smoke. Hallelujah. Today is that day. Today is that day of salvation. Today is that day where he helps us. I'm going to tell you something. You might not, you might not like this. As believers... When it comes to living a Christian life, you cannot do it without God's help. It sounds like a simple statement, like, oh, well, of course. You simply cannot do it without his help. You know that Jesus himself said, I of my own self can do nothing. Well, if he said that and he's the master, how much more you and I? Of our own selves, we can't do anything. Now, let's not go on the, uh, you know, for every mile of road, it's been said, there are two miles of ditch. There's a ditch on this side and a ditch on that side, and there's twice as much ditch as there is road. So when I say things like, of your own selves, you can do nothing, right? Don't fall into one of those ditches and say, I can't do anything. (laughs) 
right? Okay. Of your own self, you can't do anything. Uh, Let's put that aside for a moment, please. But here's the thing. You can't do anything without his help. You can't do anything without his help. Now, believers, Christians, for years have tried. Even the word try. You know, there's an, o- there's an old English word, assay. Yeah. And the Egyptians assayed to follow the Israelites through the, through the Red Sea. It did not, yes, that's right, it did not work well for them. <laughs> they tried. You know, and so Christians have tried to be right and do right. Because in, in a lot of situations or in... Pu- popular Christianity, much of it is, if you do this, God will bless you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you do something good, do something right, then the Lord will smile down from you from heaven and bless you with this over here. If you do good, you'll be good. Isn't that true? Well, that's true in the Old Testament. Because that's the only way that they could have fellowship with God. That's the only way, and not directly either, through the priest. But that's the only way that they could receive a blessing from the Lord was to be right and do right according to the law. Unfortunately, many Christians still live like that. If I just live right and do right, then God will bless me and take care of me and I'll be okay. Who said that? Who has said that? Well, I need a healing in my body. Well, I got to do this and I got to do that. Well, I haven't, I'm going to, I would go up for prayer, but I haven't been living right this week. It just, it's just one of those weeks where just, you know, so maybe, you know, I'll, I won't go up for prayer this time. I'll I'll get kind of straightened out a little bit and then I'll come up for prayer maybe next week when everything's okay, because then I'll feel better about myself. I'll feel better about what I have done in doing right and being right. And then... The Lord shall smile down from heaven and bless me with a healing in my body. Thank you. Come as you are. And there's people that got saved singing that song. Come as you are. Now, don't stay as you are. (laughs) But come as you are. Hallelujah. Are we having fun this morning? Praise the Lord. So often we think, I got to do something to get God to bless me. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I have a wife that loves to give gifts, so much so. And if ever at a time she was to, you know, surprise me with some sort of gift, I said, oh, that's wonderful, thank you. And then I went to reach into my wallet to pay her for this wonderful gift that she just gave me. Oh, let me get, see the, (laughs) you can see your head turning there from behind. I see her face. Mm -mm. Uh Uh-uh. Why? It's not a gift and you dishonor the one who's giving it to you. Right? Listen, 
you can't on your own do anything of any value in the sight of God. Try as you may, you cannot. You cannot buy anything from the Lord. With your good deeds, your good attitude, your good behavior, you cannot buy anything from God. In fact, if you do, or try to, I should say, it's insulting to the giver who gives you everything richly to enjoy. He gives it to you. It's a gift. His help is a gift to you. Oh, praise the Lord. We're coming up over this crest now. And the, as you come up over the crest of the mountain, you begin to see the sun blinking and shining and the day dawning in you. And you'll see this in a moment. But what I'm telling you is that you cannot, get, you cannot buy something that God has given you. You can't earn it with your good deeds. It doesn't work that way. In the day of my favor, in the, I'm going to say it a different way for the sake of illustration here. In the day of my gift giving, in the day of my blessing you, I've answered your prayer. I've heeded your call. And I have helped you and delivered you. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Today is that day. Today is the day of His favor. This is not a time to try to pay Him back for all the good things that He has done for you. This is not a time to... Uh, the word wiggle comes to mind. I'm, it just To wiggle on the inside and hesitate and think, I, I can't, I just can't receive. I, I just haven't been a good enough Christian yet. Stop that. You will never be a good enough Christian. So let's just forget that enterprise. It doesn't go anywhere. It's, you can't. What you can do is receive. Praise the Lord. Amen. What you can do is receive what he has given you. So in times past, uh, prior to 1906, prior to what we call the Pentecostal movement in the early 1900s. So before that, and right before that, there was um, a group of Christians that had some insight into God's word concerning God making them holy, holiness. And so they realized that God would actually make them holy. Like there, there's something that he does inside them to make them holy. And so there was a thought that carried over into the Pentecostal era where you have to get cleaned up and be holy, cleaned up before God will fill you with his spirit. You have to try to get it all right. And then, then, then God will fill you with his spirit. Let me tell you to you this way. You cannot do that on your own strength. We talked about this revival 
in, in Asbury that's going on right now. Look at what it starts with. Can we all agree that God is moving? Yes. God is moving there. What does it start with? We've heard it already. Repentance. A change of heart. And then other things taking place as well, like miracles. So we hear this taking place. You see, God's the one who can clean you up and make you fit, make you able, make you ready, make you a vessel in which he himself will fill with his spirit. That's what he's looking to do. But he's the one who does that work. You know, sometimes I've been talking, what, for now, what, 40 minutes or so? And really, the message is absolutely so simple. It's really, you can't do anything on your own. Just come to God and let him fix everything. Because he's the one that helps you. You can't make it happen. You can't try hard enough. You can't be good enough. All you got to do is come with an open heart and say, God, I'm here. Hallelujah. And he'll go, finally. And touch your heart and move upon you. Because without his help, you will struggle from day to day, week to week, Sunday to Sunday. And you come to church just hoping to hear something that picks you up for a moment. This, that's not Christian living. It's not Christianity, really. He doesn't want to just pick you up for a moment. He doesn't want to just touch your life for a moment so that you have enough strength to carry on to the end. That's not, his, that's not what he wants to do. We have a wonderful and great God who loves us very, very much, who sent his son to die on a cross to pay for our sin. And he didn't do that just so that you could struggle your way through life trying to follow him. He did that so that he could make way to fill you with his presence and help you. I'll give you a, a little example from my, my own experience. At the end of 2012 and the beginning of 2013, it was a time when the Lord really moved on me personally. And, at, I mean, I, got, I was born again, as you, most of you know, when I was like six years old in the Baptist church, praise God. And hallelujah. And so um, I had been, in that sense, saved since I was a little kid. But, you know, I didn't follow the way I was supposed to, and so there were many years where I wasn't following the Lord. And then there were some years I were, and other years where it was very black and white. There was no middle ground. I'd, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of one of those people. But we could all be one of those people who for God, or I guess lukewarm wasn't in my vocabulary. So <laughs> when I wasn't following him, I was running that way thinking he wouldn't be there, but I was running. And so I ran, I ran, and finally I just got worn out from running, realizing this is terrible. I had tried, I, I'm living in the world and my life is a disaster. It's just falling apart around me. And then I remember times when I was doing my very best to serve the Lord, the key word there is, I was trying. And I, as, there were times as a Christian, I was miserable trying to serve God. 
I was so frustrated because I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And everything I'm doing, it's like it's going backwards. I'm like, what is going on? This is, I, if I do these things, it's supposed to work this way. I do these things as best as I know, and it's not working this way. God, I'm just waiting for you. When are you going to come and help me live a better Christian life? I, I was just doing my best. It was not happening for me. So here I am, end of 2012, beginning of 2013, and, you know, it's like there's only two choices, for God or against God. Um, I was trying to go for God. That was a disaster. I was very frustrated. I was trying to go against God, and that was worse. What do I do? And the fact is, is that I knew in my heart the truth the whole time. Like it or not, that was the only option. I knew it in my heart, and I made a decision. I said, Lord, now you might not pray this way, but I did at this time. Lord, even if my life, I will follow you, I will obey you, I know what's true. And I just yielded to that truth. I had, it's like admitting it. I admit it. It's true. And everything else I was doing, that's not it. Lord, what, I know what the truth is. So I just admitted it and said, yes, I will follow you. And then I prayed something like this. I don't recommend it. I prayed, even if my life is a miserable disaster where I'm paying the consequences for my own sin for the rest of my days on earth, I will still follow you. Because it's true. I'm still going to follow you. Even if I struggle as a Christian for the rest of my life, I will follow you. Because Jesus is true. You know what that says? I wasn't in it for me. I wasn't in it to get God to bless me. I was going to follow him and obey him and still will follow him and obey him because he's right. He's true. And for no other reason. Now, within a few months, God started almost immediately beginning to change and work in my life. Almost immediately. Now, I had lots of God's Word. I had lots of Bible knowledge from past years. So he was drawing upon that knowledge and reminding me and working in me. So uh, things changed in my life rapidly. Like within three months, I was totally different in three months' time. Now, he had lots to draw from and work from from past years. But he made a radical change in me in just a few months. I had other people commenting on it, unsaved people commenting on it. So he made a really big change in me in a short period of time. But here's why. He was the one doing the, the work. He was the one making the changes. I wasn't trying hard. I was following where he was leading. I was obeying what he spoke to me in my heart. wasn't trying hard. But I was open-hearted and yielded. And I'm just going to follow you. I'm not going to try to be super Christian. I'm just going to follow the Lord. So he was working in me very, very, very much in the first few months. And then something happened. 
had some situation change around me. And in a moment of weakness, fell back into sin for a moment. The next day, I'm driving to work in the morning. And I feel terrible. I feel like someone, I feel like the ant that you squish with the bottom of your shoe. I felt so terrible. And of course, you know, I'm remembering all those struggles that I had in my Christian life previous years. And I'm thinking, how am I ever going to get past this? How am I ever, how am I ever going to be even acceptable in God's sight? How am I ever going to, I was, my own self-confidence in my ability to be a good Christian was totally deflated. Totally deflated. I felt so terrible. I'm just driving like this. Tears coming down my eyes, down my face because I'm thinking, I, I don't even know what to do. I can't do this. But I didn't wallow in that. I didn't let that become my reality. I didn't stay there. As I'm driving along, all I could do was turn the inside of me towards the Lord as I'm driving and just say, Lord, and just look to Him. I didn't, I didn't have a plea. I didn't feel like I did. I didn't feel, I, I, and I, I was saying I'm sorry, but I wasn't feeling forgiven yet. So I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't want to do that. I feel terrible. What am I going to do? How? And to me it was that I was hearing this lie. The lie was, see, nothing's going on in your life. It's not getting any better. You're the same old thing you used to be. You haven't changed. You're still the same way you... See all that stuff? That's just who you are. That's the lie I was hearing. And I'm, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't even know if things can be any different. Like, I know in my head they can. It just doesn't seem like it. It seems like this insurmountable mountain I am never going to get past. I don't even know what to do. So I'm just talking to the Lord and just, really, I'm saying more for you, but I wasn't saying a whole lot towards Him. I was just quiet because I'm like, He's God, I'm not. I'm just going to be quiet and just listen. You know, I wasn't expecting Him to smite me, but I really wasn't sure what, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to ask Him for anything. I wasn't in a, in a place where I felt like I could ask for anything. I'm just quiet. Have you ever been, as a kid, in trouble with your parents? and they're not saying anything, and you know you're in trouble, and you're like, you know that you better not open your mouth right now, but you have a whole lot you want to try to resolve. You feel the unresolvedness of the situation, and they're not saying anything to you, and you're just, the fact that they're not talking is almost worse than any punishment. It's just like, just punish me and get it over with, but please just talk to me, right? Similarly, this is how I was feeling towards God. God, just, just do something because, you know, just, 
you know, just do something. Even if it's punishment, just fine. I just, I just need this resolved. I'm driving along on my way. It wasn't a long drive. I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, a verse from Psalms comes bubbling up from the inside of me. In the moment when everything looked dark and everything was, you know, dismal, I was in despair, this verse comes bubbling up into my mind. And the verse is, the Lord is the strength of my life. And suddenly, the light broke forth in the midst of that darkness I was in, and I saw it. I'm not the strength of my own life. It's not my strength. I'm not the strength of my own life. He himself is the strength of my life, praise God. He is. He is my strength. He is my deliverance. Our God is my deliverance, the strength of my life. I can't live the way that I even want to in my heart. It's like this war going on within me, but I am not limited to my own strength. In fact, I'm not even being asked to exert my own strength. He himself is the strength of my life. As long as he is, I have strength to live the way he wants me to. And suddenly that light broke forth and I started to laugh and to cry even more, but this time it was a different kind of crying. It was the joyful kind because I had hope, I had a future, I had promise, I saw the way through, and that thing just melted off of me, that thing just fell off of me, and in no time I was back on track again. Because the Lord is the strength of my life, praise God. How can I fail when He is my strength? How could I come short when He is the one who gives me strength, praise God? Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is my helper. Of whom shall I be afraid, praise God? The Lord is my light and my salvation, praise God. He himself is that to me, and that's who he is to you and I together, all of us. That's who he is to us. He is your strength. It doesn't matter how dark it may seem to you at times. It doesn't matter how much you've struggled. It doesn't matter how much things have seemed to cave in around you. The Lord is your deliverance. He is the strength of your life. He is the light shining in whatever darkness you see yourself in. He himself is that. And you can trust in him and rely on him and depend on him with your very life, praise God. And you can have that testimony where you come out on the other side and say, not smelling like smoke, praise God. Why? Because you're wonderful and great? Well, you might be, but that's not why, praise God. Because he is your deliverance. And that is the song in our heart and on our lips, praise God. He is my deliverance. That is what we sing and we praise Him for because there is no one else who is like our God.
No one else can do this for you. You can't even do it for yourself, praise God. But in the day of salvation, in the time of His favor, He has heard your plea. He has heard your heart cry, praise God. And He's saying unto you, today is that day of deliverance. Today is that day where I help you. Today is that day where I bring you out and bring you into the land that I have promised you. Today is that day where you partake of everything that He died and gave His life for to get to you. Today is that day. And not because you're trying really hard, not because you were great last week, not any of those reasons. Not even because you you don't even disqualify yourself because you sinned last week if you did. You don't even disqualify yourself for that. All you need to do is come to him with an open heart and say, Lord, here I am. You are my help. You are my strength. You are my salvation. And he's quick to come. He's quick to be there. He is right at your side. Hallelujah. He's right at your side. He has never left you in all of those times. He has never forsaken you. He has never left you, praise God. He is the faithful one. Oh, praise God. He is faithful. Hallelujah. We don't see it now so much sometimes. But there will be a day. When you stand before him and you will see him and you will know you've been here the whole time. You've been my strength the whole time. You've been the one holding me the whole time. Praise God. He's always been there. And he's saying to you, I will never let you go. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. You are mine. I want you. You belong to me and no devil will touch you. Praise God. No sickness will take you out as long as I am in your life, as long as I am king in your heart, as long as I am by your side. Nothing can harm you. Jerusalem is a city that even though its physical walls may be broken down in the old times, not now. He himself is that ring of fire, the wall of fire around to defend you. You might be feeling like your walls are broken down, but praise God, He Himself is that ring of fire around you, the wall of fire to keep you and protect you. He Himself is that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us 